girl hey girl what's going on hey girl i'm good i'm good Good. i'm tired and it's been a really um emotionally draining week and and today in particular i'll talk about that during our last segment but um yeah so i'm 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 tired but i think it's less like physically tired than just like emotionally like spent um yeah so same but not as intense as your day was today but just kind of I just had all the feelings all week and last week was overwhelming but I was like in some ways it's kind of the same but I didn't want to like say uh uh I can't do it again (laughs) no right yeah Yeah. I'm definitely like yeah last week I was actually it was more I think it was physically physical tired. yeah like I was physically like uh, like I just like you know like to where I was like I don't feel like talking I'm so tired Me too and it, that's <laughs> crazy for us right right like that's rare yeah. um and so we apologize um for not being on last week you guys but we went ahead and took a little mental health uh self-care, self-care. day yeah, because we had both been, like, working like crazy people, and mm-hmm. I just had nothing left. I literally was like, I can't move. I was trying to prepare, and I was like, I have nothing. Like, there's stuff happening. There was a lot of stuff happening last week, but I was like, um, I couldn't get my mind together to focus in on anything else. Yeah. Literally, I could not do a single other thing. Mm-hmm. so yeah I was like you know I love the podcast you know it's always a blast you know us mm-hmm. just you know doing what we do so right right always <laughs> for the fun masses, yeah for the masses for the people <laughs> for the people for the culture for and the for people. all that stuff and yes. for all the things yeah but yeah mm. so you know sometimes you have to do that and especially our professions where it gets very hectic yours you know a lot more emotionally involved you know you know life and death matters and me with you know being responsible large sums of money Uh (laughs) money. yes which is very emotional Uh, very emotional very stressful and um yeah it was just yeah, last week was a lot. So I'm glad that we took the break. I'm happy to be back. And um, yeah, lots of stuff still happening. So much stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you survived all this, um, I'm Kristen. <laughs> oh, and I'm Andrea. And this is Wait. Tell me everything. Yes. That's what it is, yeah. It's so funny Mm -hmm. that I listen to so many podcasts and people always forget to introduce themselves. 
Well, because, you know, it's just, you know, it's just us on the phone yeah, talking. So it just feels like, yeah. you know who I am and I know who you are. Yeah, I was like, it'll... There are Hello, people listening in. Hello, Andrea. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I haven't introduced <sighs> myself to you in like 10 years, so. <laughs> <laughs> we just needed one good introduction. We took it from there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Every time I think about that, I think, oh my God, if my best friend, Bestie reminds me of this. We talk about this all the time about my dad. And how when we were in college, you know, this was back in the, you know, dark ages where everyone had answer machines and actual um, landline phones in our dorm mm-hmm. room. And how, you know, you would play the message and like you could hear the message. And so I would right. come in and play the message and inevitably it would be my dad and he'll go, Kristen, this is your dad like he had to he always like introduced himself like I didn't know who he was like I didn't live with him for like over oh years. well I'll do you one better because <laughs> how about my father would do the exact same thing except <laughs> he's calling me and my uh two roommates we were like in a you know it's like a trio room and it's uh you know Tanisha who's been on the show our third roommate, Maya. Um, and so three black girls in this room, but I'm the only one with, you know, uh, non-black parents. And my father would call the phone and, of course, speak in Spanish and be like, <laughs> um, and would straight up be like, um, Andrea, habla tu papá. Um, and I'd be like, you know, like, I'm like, dude, who else? <laughs> who else daddy this is? Who else daddy this is going to be? <laughs> speaking Spanish I was like we we clear who you are dude you ain't gotta you know so yeah so that okay hilarious hilarious yeah we'd always crack up and be like um I think that's your dad on the phone like yeah you think yeah yes the guy speaking Spanish that's him yeah that's the guy that's him Oh gosh, that's too funny. Oh, daddies. Oh, daddies. Love them. Miss them. Miss them. Yeah. Oh gosh. Mm. So yeah, yeah, like that was one of the weeks where I'm just like, Oh, I miss my parents. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, so off of that, um yes. newsworthy. Newsworthy. Okay. And again, there's a ton of stuff going on in the Mm. world, in the news. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm going to, to me, what's interesting about the stories that I've picked today is to me, they all fall fall under the same category of Uh. basically everyone is losing their damn minds (laughs) Um, or how, or or a a subsequent title could be, um, how polarized we are in America today. Um, People I'm, being mad all over everybody, the place. Every, and every, like, you know, people on both sides of the aisle, big mad about everything. everything. Like everybody's so just, I don't know, just it's, it's too much. And I feel like um, the only, and I, and this isn't one of the stories, but I'm, I'm just going to reference this by way of comparison. Um is I feel like the only, um, like I really took solace in um, the um, funeral services and the various memorials that there were for um, John McCain. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and and of course that was a that was a story that we would have covered last week had we recorded um and i'm not going to cover it in full at all but i'm just to say this um to me it like i was i was talking about how um and you and I talked a little bit yesterday about how much we love um, the friendship between the Bushes and the Obamas mm -hmm. and, um, and how even though lots of people have commented that they felt that like the memorial services were too politicized or whatever, I actually felt the opposite. Like I felt like this is, this is what the middle looks like. This is what, um, you know, like this, it's one thing to like be, you know, it's fine to disagree and to like not have, you know, to not, you know, to uh, agree to disagree, to not yeah. necessarily have the same opinion or have the same approach or to come from different world worldviews. Um, but that there's this kind of human middle ground and common ground that we can all and find. civility. And so, yeah, and, a, and, a, and, and then, you know, and that's, you know, um, that's, that's just the perfect word, just like civility and common sense and just, you know, decorum. Um, and, um, and that, that, that should always be there. And I think that that is what we are um, so desperately Desper losing. I was thinking of that word. Yeah, just desperately losing um, in all these many reactions and off the cup reactions. And so that leads me up to my first story. Um, as you are aware, we are in the middle of um, Supreme Court nominee confirmation hearings um, for uh, Brett Kavanaugh, who is the uh, current uh, nominee for the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's just, you know, from the get go, these, um, the, the um, these hearings started off just absolutely bananas <laughs> like just bananas and again like speaking of decorum just like an absolute lack of decorum in something that's supposed to be a very you know very much like a outlined um hearing um in you know in 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 our government you know so but um, i think things have gotten so off kilter now that everyone mm -hmm. is just like gloves off because I feel like things mm -hmm. that would have never been permitted mm -hmm. in past years like no one cares like it's like out the window so it's kind of like I feel like it's like the um the gladiators like the stadiums like mm -hmm. a free-for-all yeah like, it is a free-for-all like yeah, yeah it is it's true so this um just a little bit I'm just gonna pick a little bit from a couple different articles because there's a ton out there um, because the hearings have been going since Tuesday now um but this one's from the Washington Post um the headline is partisan fury bursts into the open as Kavanaugh hearings begin. Mm -hmm. And uh, the byline is uh, Robert Barnes, Sung Min Kim, Annie Marimau, and John Wagner. So a few different reporters there. Um, so it starts off the confirmation hearings of Supreme Court nominee Brett M. Kavanaugh launched Tuesday as a bitter political brawl with loud objections from Democratic senators the arrests of dozens of protesters and questions even from some Republicans about how Kavanaugh would separate himself from President Trump, the man who chose him. But uh, GOP senators mostly calmly defended Kavanaugh from what Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, called the Shakespearean nature of the hearing, quote, sound and fury signifying nothing. Um, 
confident that there were no defections from the solid Republican support Kavanaugh needs to be confirmed as the Supreme Court's 114th justice. The 53-year-old judge who serves on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit sat impassively for nearly seven hours of senator statements before speaking for less than 20 minutes. Senators will then begin questioning him or did begin questioning him uh, Wednesday morning. Um, One of the statements from Kavanaugh um, during that 20 minutes is uh, the following. The Supreme Court must never, never be viewed as a partisan institution. The justices on the Supreme Court do not sit on opposite sides of an aisle. They do not caucus in separate rooms. If confirmed to the court, I would be a part of a team of nine committed to deciding cases according to the Constitution and laws of the United States. I would always strive to be a team player on that team of nine. Um, So the chairman's opening remarks were delayed uh, for nearly an hour and a half as Democratic senators sought to cut off the hearings, raising an uproar over a last minute document dump sent to the Judiciary Committee late Monday, encompassing more than 42,000 pages from the nominee's tenure in the George W. Bush uh, White House. Hmm. Democrats questioned Kavanaugh's judicial philosophy and even his honesty. Senator Patrick Leahy, Democrat of Vermont, who has said he feels he was misled by the judge as his previous confirmation hearing for the lower court pointedly told Kavanaugh he would question him about that when you are under oath. Uh, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat of Rhode Island, referred to the Republican-appointed conservatives on the court headed by Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. as the quote-unquote Roberts Five and said the justices were always looking for ways to benefit the, quote, big fundraisers and influencers of the Republican Party. Uh, Cruz said his Democratic colleagues were trying to relegate the results of the 2016 election. Senator Lindsey O. Graham, Republican of South Carolina, um, who noted that he had voted for President Barack Obama's nominees Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan, was equally blunt. Graham told Democrats, you had a chance and you lost. You can't lose the election and want to pick judges. Barring any major last minute surprises, Kavanaugh appears to be on track to be confirmed by the end of the month. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Charles E. Grassley, Republican of Iowa, said a committee vote is likely to occur um, September 20th. That would allow Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell Republican of Kentucky to tee up votes on the floor confirming Kavanaugh during the last week of September. The Supreme Court's new term begins October 1st. Um, So basically it was just super intense. I don't know if you, did you watch any of the video from these opening hearings? I have not watched anything. It's crazy. So everything that they just explained, plus you had the protesters at the back of this uh, hearing room um, like screaming. I mean, it was just mayhem. Like you were like, this cannot be. Oh my god, I'm- was it like a British like? Um- yes. Oh my yes! god. Oh god. Yes, except like those. more like you know, the- but no even- wigs with no wigs, right? So like even like, and then you know like, and at least then it's like an expected thing. Like this was totally mm-hmm. like out of the blue, and like Senator Grassley, the chairman of the hearing we know was trying to like talk like he he literally just tried to keep going you know because the uh senators who were complaining about the the that the document dump that they mentioned in this Mm -hmm. um 
were um, saying, you know, I, you know, they're okay. So they're trying, like, it's like, they're using Robert's rules of order, but not following them. You know what I mean? So they were like, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, whatever it is that you say, you know, I've never been, but they're basically like, you know, I want to be, um, um, I'm calling to be, you know, to have the floor, you know, and, you know, I want to be recognized by the chair, blah, 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 this sort of thing. Right. And, um, and, and he's like, and he, so he says like, you know, not recognized, moving forward, whatever. Like he's using, he's using Robert's rules of order or whatever. But then when okay, he moves. Okay, so to, who is he? So the chair is a Republican, correct? Grassley? I think so. Okay, so Democratic senators are asking they're to be saying, recognized. They're asking to be that. recognized and, and they're moving for the, the hearing to be adjourned. Um, because they want um, an extra time to, review. time to review the documents that they feel they got too late the night before mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. And he's like, you know, basically like denied and moving forward. Like, you know, we're just going to move forward. And they're like, and they just keep talking. So then it becomes almost like a filibuster, except you're not allowed to filibuster anymore. You know, like it was mm. just, it was mayhem. And then you had protesters just like, you know, civilian protesters at the back of the of the hall, just screaming out like popcorn style, like at various points, you know, just like whatever they were saying, you know, like just it was bananas. And um, and so as if all that's not bad enough, mm -hmm. then, um, you know, these are being um, they're being um filmed and broadcast i'm assuming on like c-span or whatever you know mm -hmm. and so then um yesterday during so yesterday i think was day three um no no yeah no yesterday was day two so yesterday there's all this crazy twitter uproar because um Brett Kavanaugh's um, clerk, this woman named Zena Bash, mm -hmm. is um, sitting behind him. You know, like, so you have, like, the person that the camera's focused on, which is him mm -hmm. sitting at the desk. And right. she's, like, and there's a bunch of people, like, sitting behind him. And she's sitting, like, kind of directly over his, um, what would be his left shoulder, you know? Okay. And so somebody um see you know sees that she's sitting there and um says that they they post a picture of her like a screenshot of her sitting there she has her arm her hand resting on her arm and they're claiming that she's throwing up a white power hand signal um <laughs> which i was like listen to twitter like i have like no tolerance for twitter <laughs> or reddit like right they're a different type of person i am a facebook instagram person that's my lane uh, twitter and reddit those are those are different people those are not my people yeah so this guy so that's crazy it's crazy so this guy eugene goo md Posts on Twitter, Kavanaugh's former law clerk, Zena Bash, is flashing a white power sign behind him during his Senate confirmation hearing. They literally want to bring white supremacy to the Supreme Court. What a national outrage and a disgrace to the rule of law, right? So Eugene Gu, 
um, who's a prominent anti-Trump doctor. I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, like I don't even know what him being a doctor has to do with anything. No, um, he's anti-Trump and he's a doctor. And he's a doctor. Like, that's not, that like, means <laughs> something. <laughs> right. Um, he, um, you know, and it says it, he recently made news when he was accused of sexual assault and racked up more than 13,000 retweets and 17,500 likes for his tweet accusing Zena Bash of being a white supremacist. So, like, so that, he posts that. Wait, wait, wait. He was charged with sexual assault? Yes, girl. Yes. Okay, again. Crazy. Like, you are not credible. Not credible. He's he's not credible, but the thing is, he tweets this, and it gets, you know, it gets, again, it racks up more than 13,000 retweets. 17,500 likes. Because you for... just push a little button like that doesn't right. take a lot. I don't want you on my side. You're not on my side. Sorry. It's just crazy. And then, so then it gets picked up by other like Twitter personalities who, um, who, you know, who are also like anti-Trump administration. And it just, it, it's like wildfire. Like just with anything with social media, it goes mm. super viral. And, um, and so then, um, it takes U.S. Attorney John Bash, who is Zena Bash's husband. He's the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Texas. Shut up. Yes, girl. He has to get on Twitter himself. At um, He is at U.S.A.T.T.Y. Bash, Attorney Bash. <laughs> he gets on there and he says, the attacks today on my wife are repulsive. Everyone tweeting this vicious conspiracy theory should be ashamed of themselves. We weren't even familiar with the hateful symbol, symbol being attributed to her for the random way that she rested her hand during a long hearing. Zena is Mexican on her mother's side and Jewish on her father's side. She was born in Mexico. Her grandparents were Holocaust survivors. We, of course, have nothing to do with hate groups, which aim to terrorize and demean other people, never have and never would. You know, and, you know, and even with that, people, I mean, it just kept, it was just like a blaze, you know, so like you had like, Mm -hmm. so at the hearings, you had this like, the beginning of the hearings and throughout you have the kind of this sense of almost like mob rule like then like this like tweet gets picked up and it spreads like wildfire it feels like it's completely out of control like just everyone is just losing their damn minds um and then um you know so it's it's just crazy and it's totally like again like it's it's not based on anything like it's even if even if this girl this woman um was somebody who you know had white supremacist beliefs like what is like who's who's going up on c-span throwing up essentially gang signs (laughs) like it's such an absurd you know what you do you know how we do You gotta rep your set all the time. Oh my god! If you're in the you know confirmation hearing, you gotta rep your set. It was just, it was so dumb. It was so dumb, and um, it took you know, so it's it took so uh, several articles like this to finally get like up and running and to get some traction. Then you had some tweets um, going back, and this one guy, uh, Mark Pitkovich, um, he tweets. Uh, and I'm not sure who he is. It says uh, he's an expert on right-wing extremism for the uh, 
Anti-Defamation League. Okay. He's an anti-Trump activist. Activist. That sounds about right. He has a Twitter account. And even he finally gets on there and says, out of all the things you should be legitimately concerned about regarding the Senate confirmation hearings in Washington, D.C., today for Judge Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court of the United States, handshakes and hand signs ought not be among them. Actual actual serious constitutional issues are at stake. And again, like... All this it's a like, distraction. It's a distraction. Silly. All this like silliness is a distraction. You you know, like what we should be talking about are like actual like intelligent issues with regard to, you know, who are you? What is your approach to the Constitution? Are you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, someone who um, believes it's a living document that like changes all of the time and can be interpreted, you know, mm-hmm. you know, based on like, you know, the the will of the people at the time in the moment or are you a strict you know um text based you know it says what it says mm-hmm. and it means what it is and that's you know mm-hmm. like so you know, intention of the founders right like you know stuff. like those yeah. are the two things that are at play <laughs> that should be being mm-hmm. discussed and and then ultimately the truth is with with a majority in um in congress you're that's you're that the, the what um what senator cruz was it senator cruz that i just quoted earlier now i'm getting my people confused but mm, what i don't think senator cruz said anything that you would repeat as correct so i don't know about that well the, just the part all right, so I, was it him or Lindsay? maybe it was Lindsay, Lindsay graham. graham who was like y'all lost him right and it's true, you know, like, it's like, if your, if your party that you agree with happens to be in power at the time, it happens to have the majority, uh, both, you know, in the White House and in Congress at the time that the Supreme Court um, nominee is called, you know, called to be chosen, then that's the person that gets to pick. That's the party that gets to but, pick. But, okay. I feel that that's totally disingenuous because uh, President Obama put forth a nominee and the Republicans stalled it until after the elections. So it's totally within the purview of mm-hmm. Democrats to do whatever they can do legitimately to stop this confirmation. And that's what they're going to do. So it's not a case of like, y'all lost. Ha ha ha. It's our turn. No. Like, if it's that case, like, he would just be ushered on in. But no, there's a process behind this so no there is a process for sure but uh, i mean ultimately like the article says there's there's not any movement on the republican side that indicates that he's not going to be confirmed so there is a process and there's definitely these hearings are in order and you're supposed to have these discussions and and what we should be talking about are the actual issues of how this person interprets the constitution or what their approach is to the judiciary but um so all of that is correct and the way that it should be but ultimately at the end of the day he either has the votes or he doesn't and he does that's i mean and to me that's how i take that i understand what you're saying but like yeah but also i feel that the hearings are more so because they know like he does have the votes that's already kind of everyone knows that he Mm -hmm. does but it's more a matter of letting um constituents and letting the country know 
what's going on you know it's kind of a right you know a airing of like kind of like the, an open job interview as you will right so I think it's totally like and it should be that like I, yeah. I agree like that that's the thing like the all this other stuff is keeping it from being what it's supposed to be because yeah let it be uh we're going to do our like if you're on the opposing side uh you mm-hmm. know of the aisle um, we're going to do everything in our power to expose you for who we think that you are or, exp- you know, like right. you're, or whatever. And fine, like, but let's, again, let's do it in the, in the civilized way that we have in place to do just that. Um, and then let the chips fall where they may, because ultimately at the end of the day, if you have the votes, you have the votes and you're not going to, you know, there, there's not going to be a lot of movement. Like right now, um, Brett Kavanaugh is, in terms of just a judge has like, all the credentials and everything there's you know like short of something just going last minute terribly wrong like he's going to be the next supreme court judge mm-hmm. justice um so i think that it's just so that's bananas in the meantime here in california they're trying to like there's a big there was a big like brouhaha about in and out um which is also what like, how what brouhaha you haven't heard this no girl it is not a big brouhaha in georgia it's a big brouhaha here about just like chick-fil-a is not a big brouhaha here it's right. like thank you delicious chicken um right yeah. well somebody but, okay. i don't and i don't i don't have actually um, I haven't pulled up an article for this, so I just know about it and have looked at a few different things about it. But basically, um, someone um, brought to light that um, in and out made a big contribution to the Republican Party. And so they decided... So who? Huh? Who in the Republican Party? It didn't seem like it was... I mean, I think it was just like to the GOP. Okay. Because I was like, is it a California Republican? No, it, I don't. I, my understanding wasn't that it was like to a specific politician Candidate. as much as it was to the party. Okay. Because you can make donations to the GOP. I get emails about it all the time. I guess. Okay. Again, I don't. Yeah. I don't really do political contributions. I don't do political I don't contributions, but I get asked for them all the time. And I get yeah. direct emails from the GOP constantly. Um, yeah. I mean, as I imagine, like the DNC must send out the same type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, so it was, you know, somebody put it out there. People like were all up in arms about it and calling for a boycott on In and Out. And I was like, man, let me tell you something. <laughs> I was like, I'm just like with Chick Fil A. I'm gonna eat that delicious chicken. I'm gonna have my In and Out. Like the In and Out's like my special treat now because again I'm on this like clean. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you know, change my f- eating habits and everything. And so, but that is that is like number one on my list of things that I will like treat myself with when I get to certain milestones or whatever. Um, so yeah. So it was what was funny about it was that this even despite like you know California and LA in particular. Um, but like, you know, so many parts of California are, you know, swing way um, blue. Um, The, um, that it just did not pick up any traction. Like there was like hashtags and news stories or whatever, but it petered out so fast. And folks were like, yeah, 
what um their burgers I'm gonna really get my good. animal yeah. style yeah. Burger, <laughs> I'm gonna have my right. animal style nah. whatever so it was just funny to me because I was protein just like, burger yeah right yes now. all of that all of that and my creamy vanilla shake and yeah and wash it all down so that was um crazy mm. um again and this is just again all under the same theme of just how just the polarization of our our, our country and then finally what I'll close- okay i'm gonna say are you gonna talk about the thing that people lost their damn minds about all week i am i'm gonna get to okay. I'm building up to that because it's all again Jeez. it all falls under the same uh, again the theme is just undeniable and i'm just gonna read from this uh cnbc article from today actually and the uh headline um is nike's colin kaepernick ad is the gangster genius brand move of 2018 and this is a byline by matt belvedere so he writes um Nike's decision to feature former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick in the 30th anniversary Just Do It campaign was a stroke of brilliance, according to Scott Galloway, a professor at the NYU Stern School of Business. The marketing guru Thursday on CNBC called the act by Nike, quote, the gangster genius brand move of 2018. In a Squawk Alley interview, Galloway said the sportswear and athletic shoe giant took a calculated risk in choosing the polarizing Kaepernick, who started kneeling during the national anthem in 2016 when he was on the San Francisco 49ers to protest the treatment of African-Americans in the U.S. Nike did the math, figuring about 60% of its full year revenue is generated outside North America and, quote, no one overseas thinks America is handling race issues well, end quote. (laughs) (laughs) Galloway continued by adding, two-thirds of customers under the age of 40 tend to bias progressive, and they're the prime users of Nike products. The ad, narrated by Kaepernick, will be shown Thursday evening when the NFL season kicks off with the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. The NFL is trying to get beyond the whole kneeling controversy, which came to a head last season with players around the league joining the protest and President Donald Trump taking them to task for what he believed was a sign of disrespect for the country. In May, the NFL banned on-field kneeling during the anthem, but allowed for players who don't want to stand to stay in the locker room until the anthem is over. Nike's brand exposure on TV, radio, online, and social media since first announcing the Kaepernick-led campaign is worth $163.5 million, according to Apex Marketing. Yeah, because don't they supply NFL uniforms? Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. a ton of stuff and i mean and you know mm-hmm. obviously players have contracts with them i mean this is a ton of stuff right um right. kaepernick on monday tweeted a photo of the advertisement which quickly went viral online spawning support and backlash then nike dropped the commercial wednesday on youtube and if you haven't seen this commercial go to youtube pause go to youtube right now look up the colin kaepernick uh, commercial the commercial is um outstanding um the print ad is this really nice um if you haven't seen it um it's this really um awesome photograph of just this very like close-up uh headshot 
of Colin Kaepernick um, and the um, statement that's kind of printed across the, the his face is believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And then mm-hmm. at the bottom of the photo, it's the Nike swoosh and just do it. Um, so this is all again for the 30th anniversary, just do it campaign. Um, so this is another thing that people have just lost their minds. Like, um, just as enthusiastically as I am like excited about this print ad and excited about the commercial and what a great, um, what a great use of, um, just the, just the kind of that Nike, that whole, I mean, it's a great branding. This like, we're going to take, just do it and apply it to like sports and life and just you know like we're going to expand it to something bigger um, oh, because the serena part i was whoo, like chills the serena part was like yeah. yeah it was just i mean that like all the athletes was you know was like yeah. about limbs and, oh my god it was just incredible it was incredible it was, it was really it was you know really about like this it, this kind of not just uh, um you know, um, high end athleticism, but also um, this uh, tribute to the human spirit, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah. it was very much like, you know, superseded um, the usual, you know, just the typical like, you know, oh, sportswear, this is what we're about, you know, it was like, the, you know, it's a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> yeah, no, it is a for real. It's a for real Super Bowl commercial, except we're getting to enjoy it in September. Um, yeah. So, but on the other side of it, people who have still don't seem to want to understand what his uh, initial protest and what this whole taking anything was about um, have decided to uh, have, have, there's a whole other campaign, hashtag boycott Nike. Um, people are doing dumb stuff like cutting up their Nike clothes and burning it, burning their shoes. And I'm like, Okay, I understand a boycott. You're allowed to boycott whatever you want, just like the fools who want to boycott in and out for contributing to the Republican Party. And just like, you know, like you can boycott whatever you want, fine. But like, it's not boycotting if you already own it. And you're just like, Nike isn't like losing anything. Like, you already paid for that. Like, that money. Yeah, they're losing your future business right they've already made money right (laughs) so So they're not tripping off of the thing that you've now destroyed and can't use anymore but you already paid them for it that's all you you. gotta go buy new shoes (laughs) right now you need new shoes shoes. yeah Yeah, it's just so dumb and and as this article points out they already they already factored that into it like they it wasn't like they just were like oh yeah let's just pick Colin Kaepernick, he's 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 you yeah, because because Nike's not like my business of one, right? Like, Nike <laughs> has hundreds of people, right? Millions globally, yes, yeah. Who are that's all they do is calculate risk, right? And sure, with any business, like you can only do as much as you can do, but like Nike's been around for a very long time. They didn't just appear today or this week. They have been around to see all of this controversy. Exactly. Yeah, like they they, they just made this decision in a bubble. Right. And at the you know, at the end of of the day, they are a business. They're about making their money. Mm -hmm. 
And so they're going to make sure they're, they're, they, you know, they're making this great like gesture and, you know, this campaign by picking him, but they, their bottom line is their bottom line. Like that's mm-hmm. what they're ultimately concerned with. Not, right. You know, right. And if they look. thought that it was really going to affect the bottom line, then they would not have done Wouldn't it. Have done it. Right. Yes. Well, so on, that's, people. you know, so it's just like, I mean, so like, I get it. You don't understand what Colin Kaepernick is really about. You've got some issue or you want to, you want to make it something that it's not fine. You don't want to buy Nike anymore. Fine. But, you know, just this whole like, oh, people posting videos of like bonfires of their stuff. I'm just like, come on, people. I mean, every again, everyone. And to get real, a lot of it's like not even cute Nike stuff. It's like old, like your (laughs) granddaddy. Right. (laughs) Right. Like nobody's burning Air J's. No one is burning their Air J's. Right. Those are about thirty dollars. Go somewhere with that. Right, like, right. You bought like those Nike's at Kohl's. Cover. Right. Yes. <laughs> those are the Nikes you got at Kohl's that you can get. You can walk up to the shelf and grab them off of the shelf. Not the right. ones that are like behind glass and lock and key <laughs> that you got to ask somebody or hit a buzzer to have someone come and help you because um, <sighs> you only get to see those under supervision and um, you don't get right. to hold on to them until These you hand this your gold card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and honestly, I'm, I'm, I expect nothing less from people who don't get the point of the protest. You don't have to agree with this protest. You right. don't have a, um, gosh, words. You are not like patriotic because you feel that he is not respecting the flag. Clearly, you need to find a history book. Mm-hmm. You need to like learn about history and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not gonna say like, oh, I'm like the most patriotic person in the world. Like, you know, as a black person, that's a whole other topic. But, but like, you know, history. I know history, and I know this country was founded on protest. Mm-hmm. Um, and protest is like American. Mm-hmm. You're fighting for what's the point of supporting the troops and like they're fighting for freedoms, but you don't respect the freedoms that they're fighting for. So mm-hmm. like, what they're so it's like your their sacrifice is in vain. Like it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like they're fighting to protect certain freedoms, and we're free to express those. You know, in any way we feel like they're not free of consequence. You know, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's not able to have his livelihood. He's of course found another way, mm-hmm. um, fortunately. But like, this is someone who spent his whole life training and working towards a goal of um, playing in the NFL, and that's something that's rare and very few people get to do, mm-hmm. and something he loved, and he can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So whether you think it's a a real sacrifice you know because he didn't die of course you know like that's right that was the other thing people were like that's not real sacrifice it's like you can't you don't get to decide what sacrifice you can't decide what's a sacrifice this is (laughs) a lifelong goal of his that he achieved and achieved at a high level like he was at the top he won a super bowl so for for him to no longer be able to do this in his like still playing years like that is a sacrifice for him. Like I can't, you know, just imagine some small thing you love to do. Like you love to like running. Right. And you weren't able to do that for a while. And you felt that in a real way. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like you can't tell somebody 
Right. What's a sacrifice? Like, yes, dying. That is the ultimate sacrifice. But Got like, it. There are other sacrifices. Yep. <laughs> like, That's why there's... it's called the ultimate sacrifice because right. by definition, that means there's other sacrifices leading up to what would then be considered the ultimate sacrifice. But we didn't say it was the ultimate sacrifice. We just said he made a sacrifice. So... Right. And also, you're right. And they're also acting like um veterans like you're not supporting troops like like all veterans agree with them right and that's and not I true like, There's, and, that is not oh. true and it was a veteran <laughs> it was a veteran who actually um consulted Suggested. with him yes. because he was originally sitting his, down sitting down for the anthem mm-hmm. and it was a veteran of I believe um, the army, the U S army, who's also a football player who reached out to him and was like, you know, sitting down is actually considered disrespectful. And if you want to, you know, if, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to understand your protest. I, I, you know, you're, you know, and if that's your goal is to have a protest about something else, then the respectful thing to do is to take a knee. Um, and that's where the take a knee came from. And so he actually listened to that advice because he did, he, again, he was not looking to disrespect the flag. He was looking to protest what he saw as injustices against African-Americans all across this nation. And so, and he wanted it to be that and not something else. And he, he, he basically was trying to avoid all of what this, happened, what has actually happened. Um, but, you know, despite this effort, um, but he, he, um, which was to go ahead and take a knee and take the advice of the, the veteran of um, the army who who educated him on the difference between um, sitting through it instead of just kneeling through it. And so, yeah, so just whatever. It's like, just annoying. And I'm like, I, you and we have all been to, most of us, to sporting events in the United States. So to consider some of the things that people are doing during the anthem. Right. I mean, because I'm not one who necessarily stands stands during the anthem some days i do some t- days i don't it depends on how i'm feeling about america in an anthem <laughs> it's true I'm i like, know I, i've been with you <laughs> yeah i'm like oh i ain't feeling america today no thank you i'm expressing my freedom <laughs> and sitting my behind down and enjoying my beverage i'm like whatever uh but you know i'm still also someone who taught a bunch of kids the, the anthem so I'm like you know like it's again it's you know black and American it's very complicated relationship it is a complicated relationship and and again you don't need to if you're I, do, I, do, I would appreciate it if you would seek to understand and to have um, articulate discussion but if you're choosing not to understand and choosing not to have articulate discussion um that but that just don't make just try to refrain from making blanket statements and painting with such a broad brush um that you're really just your generalizations are just you know so yeah. dis- desperately inaccurate um yeah don't say what all veterans would do because you have yeah. like what i can't remember her name but her husband died it was like k tara k or something like that i can't remember her last name but she had this whole spiel about you know, he doesn't know what sacrifice is. My husband sacrificed. Um, 
you know, Tillman, he sacrificed. And his Tillman's wife came out and was like, leave him out of this. Like, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do, you know, with him and sacrifice. He would not have, you know, you know, that's what he fought for. Like, don't bring him into this. Don't politicize his death. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. this other wife went and, you know, politicized her husband's death and, you know, brought the other guy into it. It's just like, you know, whatever. Like, you can have your opinion, but it's just so I'm just so I'm just so frustrated by this entire Mm. thing but yeah like the thing you know this whole like of all people today I saw an article about from Jesse Ventura Jesse Ventura the wrestler former governor of uh was it Utah Minnesota or Minnesota right (laughs) um I almost said Wisconsin, but I strongly believe it is Minnesota. Ooh, girl, don't say Wisconsin instead of Minnesota, because Minnesotans do not like Wisconsins. I found that out recently. Okay. Oh, jeez. The it's controversy it. over there in the middle. I don't girl. know what's going on in the middle. I tell you, because, like, you know you do those quizzes of, like, what's, you know, where have you visited? Like, just my whole middle is, like, blank. I just have not ventured into the middle Oh, well, I feel like that's most United people, States. because, like, I feel like if you go to the middle of places that are in the middle of the country... It's typically one you know, you, there's someone you know there, like you have family or something, or friends or whatever, you know, like you're visiting. Or there's a lot of like, you're like a very outdoorsy person. There's a lot of like naturey, like things that like, yeah, you know, you can do there. And so, like, I feel like if you don't have, like, those are the two main things that would draw you to a lot of those places. Yeah, and I think we're from the coast. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're from the West Coast. And it's kind of like you kind of go to places on that side and then places on the other side. Like, you got to stick to the coast of the big city it's like we don't venture in the middle a lot unless it's like a mm-hmm. conference although i feel like the midwest is so random to me because i'm like it's not really in the middle and it has nothing to do with the west so i've never understood why like you know like Minnesota, where minnesota is like right. I, don't, I don't understand like minnesota michigan all those like all there like up in that kind of like upper yeah, kind of like north mid-north. yeah like it feels like more <laughs> they're like, like north yeah they're, they're mid-north if anything <laughs> If they mid something, they mid north, but they ain't never. I was like, they're not even. They're not even west of the Mississippi in a lot of ways. Like if you draw I, the line, I don't. I don't know when the term Midwest was, you know, began. Oh, I mean, clearly, Maybe like began. before the Gulf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is I mean, just kind of stuck. It just stuck. That's what's crazy is that it's stuck because it's like, okay, how long has it been since like there's been an actual like West established you know that we're like still talking about midwest and you're like thousands of miles away from the west coast yeah so well jesse ventura yes sorry like (laughs) yeah we just went on geography Mm -hmm. okay so he was like i 100 percent support colin kaepernick i don't have to agree with what what you know his protest like how he's protesting he's like but as a you know a veteran like that's what I fought for. So I think mm-hmm. he was in Vietnam. He's like, that's what I fought mm-hmm. for. And so I 100% like support him for that. So there are lots of veterans who feel the same way. And I know I read a comment by a mother who has actually a biracial son. Mm. And she said that when she first saw it, she was upset. And then he, he's in the military. And mm. he was like, mom, like, first of all, like, I'm black. And two, like, right, like, know, need I remind you? And, like, that's what I'm fighting for. Like, that's, you know, for him to be able to protest or express himself however, 
you know, he chooses or whatever. And I know, like, we've talked about him, like, choosing to do that at work. And But I'm like, if you're going to protest and you're going to use the platform that you have, what other time is he going to do that? Is he going to do it, like, in the middle of the game? Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, there's no, really no other time to do it. But this brief moment where, like, everyone's kind of watching and focused on one thing, and you're, you know, doing your thing, and then you go, and, like, he went and did his job, like, after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, he did his job, like, you know, but yeah, that's just, oh, God. Anyway, I'm happy for him. Yay. I'm so happy for him. Getting his and money. It, yeah. I'm happy for him, and again, it's such, it is a genius move, like this article said, like, it's a mm. genius branding move. It takes the, um, it takes the whole just do it branding to just like I said earlier, this higher like level of just like the humans elevating the human spirit. And, um, and, and it gives, you know, and it, it just uh, re legitimizes um, Colin Kaepernick, um, which, mm-hmm. which is just like this lovely kind of like off- yeah. offset byproduct of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so it's all good to me. And um, I've watched, like I said, I've watched the a little, if you, if you go to YouTube, they have like the two and a half minute version of it, which yeah, is like, from what one. I understand the full, the full ad. And, um, and it's wonderful. Like it's true. It's well written. Um, it is Super Bowl quality commercial. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, like definitely um, yeah, tune it's in. It's funny. A good commercial gets me every time. Like I wasn't a huge yeah. Colin Kaepernick fan or the 49ers until like I wasn't really I don't really care about football and so I you know like have been a colleague have a, you know like fan after all of this mm-hmm. um, which is what I usually do but like a good ad can like man I just ugh, I love it it just makes me think of like Derek Jeter and his retirement ad mm. and how I cannot stand Derek Jeter or the Yankees but it was but a great I, retirement ad I shed a few tears and I was like is a great ad like the people who came up with that like oh my god just marketing geniuses so these people at nike like kudos great yeah, job great job. And they even started a little before with the whole controversy with serena and her cat suit like they put out mm-hmm. like a little ad about that about superheroes and all that so mm-hmm. nike trying to you know be on it so yeah, right, yeah. there's some folks at nike that are um really tuning in on a on a, mm-hmm. a whole other level. So it's, it's great. So, so yeah. yeah, girl. So that is, those are all my newsworthy stories, all Woo! connected and embedded. And, you know, say, like I said, everyone is losing their mind. Everybody <laughs> losing their damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Cause I'm with them. Cause I was like, it's kind of crazy. Cause like through the whole election, I was dealing with dad and being sick capacity and all that kind of stuff so I was really checked out of the election mm-hmm. until like election night like I wouldn't you know I voted and all that kind of stuff but I was like usually I'm usually like way more involved in the process and like all into it and I was like you know just like other things take took precedent so I was like totally checked out my therapist was like that's what everyone is talking about I was like I don't you know I'm talking about my dad's parents I don't care about right. uh, <laughs> like, Sometimes life takes over, girl. Sometimes life takes over. So I was just like, um, so yeah, it was kind of crazy. So like now I'm st- like trying to, you know, get back into it. And I was like, 
it's like double dutch. I'm like, nope, nope, not ready. Not ready to like really get mm-hmm. back into it. Cause well, because it's, it's just crazy. It's, it's not crazy. Real. It's not, it's not, you know, like it's just, it's so polarizing. Like I said, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I was um, thinking about, you know, okay, um, I've had Harry Potter on my mind because we mentioned this podcast that we've been listening to. Um, where I started another one too because I finished with that one. Uh, okay. Well, I'm totally like taking my time it's through so... it. So, but God, I want you, you know. to hurry up because there's a joke that I want to. I've got to tell the Bessie the joke because it made me laugh so bad. I was like, God, hurry up and get to it so I can, like, oh my goodness, I'm making my way. And, <sighs> um, but it's, um, so I've had Harry Potter on my mind, and you know how at, you know, at the end, um, yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't read Harry Potter yet, get with it. Um, first of all, what's wrong with you? First of all, what's wrong with you? Um, secondly, um, stop and go read it right now. Um, right. Just like literally turn this off and go. Yeah. Like you just, you oh, got... oh, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do I think last week? So the God girl, so Pumpkin finally decided to read Harry Potter. Oh, thank so God. We were like so excited. So we like um, got her, went out and got her the book. Yes. Brought it back because for whatever reason, Bessie can't find the first one so when I didn't get it took the little one with us and of course because of the anniversary they have like all this Harry Potter stuff in the bookstore Yeah, even Cupcake got a little scratch off like Harry Potter book to like introduce her to the character stuff and she's like obsessed with it oh, I'm and so, so we gave her the book and so she was in her room because she's like almost a teenager and she's in her book you know and so we were like hey um cupcake go in there and see if she's reading the book and we're like be discreet so of course oh you know, be discreet right and you're like don't let her see you and so she comes out and she was like well she saw me <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> she's a mess she's like i got caught and i was like okay mm-hmm. what did she say she's like she told me get out her room <laughs> right but was she reading the book? She said, oh, yeah, she was reading the book. <laughs> Good grief. Just, why do we send you on a mission? I was going to say, seriously, why do you? You you both, <laughs> both you and your friend know better than to send the little one on any kind of mission, any kind of secret mission. No, we're like, this is, we, even we said, we're like, okay, we know this is not going to happened the way no 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 okay so you've been all of the harry potter stuff i've been all of harry potter harry potter on my mind or whatever and i just i was thinking about how you know at the end um you know like as the battle as everything's leading up to the the battle at hogwarts um just how you saw like this coming together of all the factions that you learned about throughout the series you know and how everyone um you know, even if they were like somewhat at odds or like on differing sides, you know, you had the like giants and the, you know, like all these different creatures mm-hmm. and, you know, monsters and different like magical beings or whatever who were all on different sides, the centaurs and, you know, all of mm-hmm. these things that like had some issue with each other or, you know, some opposition with one another. But at the end, when it came down to it, um, they, you know, they laid they laid aside their differences or the things that were kind of like, you know, um, issues for them um, for the greater good for like, you know, to, to... except for the Slytherins. Well, except for some of 
the Slytherins. Like, you know, so like you, you had, um, you even, I mean, you know, and, but, but ultimately you find, you know, that either there were even Slytherins, like the head Slytherin, Snape, who was ultimately like right. a good guy all along. And mm-hmm. just, you just didn't know because he was so wrapped in the trappings of being Snape. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know. It's just that yeah. thinking about that and, and seeing um, um and and watching the McCain uh, memorials, like all of that to be sort of like was like melding together into this like, I don't know, this little like bubble of hope for me <laughs> that like that, you know, yeah, that, that there's that this polarization, it will not. Um, that I'm hoping that what it will do is not continue to just be like extremes extremes like moving further and further away from each other on like way far Mm. left way far right sides but that Mm. like something will will that something about this whole process will bring people back toward the middle rather than toward their own sides and i i know that's not what it looks Mm. like right now like it's it right Uh -uh. now right now it looks and feels very different than that um but I guess my my prayer and my hope and my intentions um, are toward um, toward the ability of um, of us to come together around something that's greater and more meaningful and um, and and truly you know for the better good of humanity and um, you know so that that's where I am with it. I'm trying to um, to hold this this place of intention so. Okay. Well. Well. Good luck. <laughs> that was not good luck. <laughs> not good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> oh, I tried to remain hopeful. I had this whole like little interview with you yesterday, and with my cousin today, and just. I just need encouragement from all mm-hmm. angles, and I've been, been getting it from all different angles, so good. it's been good. But yeah, oh my gosh, that's crazy! So that's a struggle. Yeah, with that, so yeah, so lots of serious, heavy stuff, and now mm-hmm. to shenanigans. The ma- shenanigans. <laughs> so okay, so viral Vox. Okay, so the thing that spread like hotcakes. Mm. wildfire uh, was a photograph of actor Jeffrey Owens who mm-hmm. many of us remember fondly or not so fondly he was a very annoying kind of character I like as um, Elvin on the Cosby show mm-hmm. Sandra's husband mm-hmm. um, you know just with the wilderness story Elvin was a little like dense, dense at times but he was enjoyable he was harmless he was sweet. Um, yeah, he was. So a picture of the actor um, taken by a woman by the name of Carmen Lawrence as he was working as a cashier at a Trader Joe's in New Jersey. Okay. So she submitted the photos to gossip sites and the picture went viral after the Daily Mail and Fox News published articles. Some of them with very kind of um, as some those kind of Daily Mail especially salacious Hmm. kind of headlines Hmm. so you know the kind of intent of the woman who 
um, submitted the picture, was kind of, you know, like, shocked that he was working this and what happened to him, and he looked crazy, kind of, you know, very negative, kind of, like, shaming him from having a job and all that kind of stuff. But the great thing is it's kind of happened all around Labor Day, which kind of tied in perfectly with this. The reaction from people was really, really, like, positive. So Mm -hmm. um, one woman uh, responded to the Fox News um, article saying, delete this. The man is trying to put food on the table and Mm -hmm. you're trying to humiliate him. Mm -hmm. Um, And actor Terry Crews um, responded Mm -hmm. to that tweet and said, I swept floors after the NFL. If need mm-hmm. be, I do it again. Good honest work is nothing to be ashamed of. And actress Patricia Heaton also responding to the Fox News um, article of you know the Twitter. Um, I'm sharing of the article. Cosby Show actor Jeffrey Owens spotted bagging groceries at New Jersey Trader Joe's. She said, again, why is this news? When I worked on 30-something, I was also summarizing depositions to pay my rent. Why are you trying to humiliate this honorable, hardworking actor? Shame on you. Hashtag Jeffrey Owens. Many great blessings are coming your way. Hmm. Um, so after all this brouhaha, um, um, Owens was interviewed by Robin Roberts. And he said that, of course, the pictures and the headlines you know, stung and that, you know, but the shaming, you know, didn't last very long because of all of the tremendous support Mm -hmm. um, that he was shown once the picture went viral. And he said, I really want to thank everyone out there, family, friends, Hollywood, the general public for the amazing support and positivity. I was devastated, but the period of devastation was so short because my wife and I started reading these responses from literally all over the world. So fortunately, the shame part didn't last long. Nice. Good. Um, so Owens, who taught acting, he's a graduate of Yale. Right. Um, in the interview, he like had his Yale hat on and his Trader Joe's. Mm, I saw that. That was so cute. <laughs> um, so he taught acting classes at Yale. He's appeared on several television shows over the years. He was on your favorite, The Affair, apparently. Was he um, on the affair? Yeah, he had like a, a part, I guess, on the affair. He's been, you know, his IMDb apparently, he's been acting consistently mm-hmm. over the years, but he says like no job has lasted more than 10 weeks. So okay. the Trader Joe's gig gave him the flexibility to audition while earning a steady check. And I think they give benefit, they provide benefits. Yeah, too. Trader Joe's is a good company. It's a great company. So he said he's, you know, now he's had to quit that job because of the attention um, has made it impossible for him to work there now. So he's been there for 15 months. So he's now had to quit his job. Can he just change locations to some other some one where they won't find him? Golly. Where he gonna go? He live in New Jersey. Where he gonna go? Gonna... <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be more than one Trader Joe's. But then they just go, somebody go see him in the other Trader You know what? You go to different Trader Joe's. You got your one Trader Joe's. But you might go to another one every now and then. So he's been all over the oh place. People who don't, you never recognize him. So whatever. So people have been um, mad at Miss Karma yeah. for starting all this. So she has since issued an apology. And let me just read you her little raggedy apology. <laughs> so this is what she said. So much hate. So much nastiness. Oh, it's been terrible. Um, Is she talking about herself? 
says about the backlash she's received. Mm-mm. She's like, they write, karma's a bitch. It's bad. Mm. <laughs> wow. Uh, she swears she did not intend to cause any harm by taking the pictures. It wasn't malicious. That's on my kids, my grandkids, my parents. I'm not that type of person. I'm not the monster they're making me out to be. <laughs> um, she said she did a Google search when she realized the story had gone viral. Well, that's what you do, girl, when you give people, you know, you put stuff to the shade room and Daily Mail and all that kind of stuff go viral. That's what, that, that's what you do. You knew what you was doing. Um, she saw the backlash. She wasn't expecting the backlash. She cried for a half an hour. She disconnected her social media profiles. Um, oh and God. she can't get over the fact that she unintentionally, no, yes, she did, girl. It was intentional. Hurt someone from her favorite show. Um, she goes on to say, I don't know why I snuck a picture. I figured everybody does it. No, we don't. I don't know what possessed me. I just did it. I didn't even think about it. I just kind of did it on an impulse, and it was a bad impulse. Um, she said that she was just surprised that he was working at the Trader Joe's. She wasn't trying to get money from the pictures, and no money was exchanged. She's like, I wanted to go up to him, but I didn't want to embarrass him. Um, good, you know, great. That's exactly what you ended up doing. Well, she said, then I did something that actually embarrassed him more. I didn't go with my first instinct, and I should have. Um, and she's like, it's nothing against Trader Joe's, because she says they have the best stuff, which they do. Um, great endorsement. That, the one good thing is everyone has great things to say about Trader Joe's. <laughs> like, there has been no bad things said about Everybody loves Trader Joe's. We all, everybody knows that. Yeah. She said, when I saw him working there, I thought maybe because of everything with Bill Cosby that his residuals got cut and people have to take a normal job. But I didn't think anything bad about it. I work a normal job. So that's like, you know, whatever. But my thing is, leave people alone. Mind your business. I think it's, I don't know. I think it's like. I think it's because we live in LA you know we lived in LA I grew up in LA and so we know like it's nothing to see somebody on a TV show working at a restaurant or you see them you know what I mean like you yeah. see them working jobs so it, I don't think it's it's something like I wouldn't even think to do because I'm like I understand that oh this person had like oh and my and our little the arc like in Hollywood one of the guys who was like a waiter mm-hmm. there was on this is in this movie that I loved, and I was like, "Oh, the little guy from the movie." But I was like, "But yeah, that movie was like ten years ago, right?" Like, you need to, and I'm like, "How long ago was the Cosby Show on?" I mean, that's the other thing. It was like thirty. You, years ago. you recognize that, like, or, I mean, how do you not know or understand that someone who wasn't even a main character. That's what I'm saying because was it Tempest Bledsoe was complaining about because you know the whole Bill Cosby controversy. Her residuals went from like six figures a year to like nothing because everyone like stopped playing the Cosby Show, so her residuals were gone. Right. But she was like a main character in the credits. Elvin was not a main character. He wasn't on the show every. Whatever, no, you know what I mean? every episode. No, so, so I mean, not I mean, yeah, like he was, he and Sandra were both sort of like, you know, because right, he did, they were added on. They were both kind of added on. They were not um, 
part of the primary storylines most of the time. Like they were only like a part of the, the times when like the, the whole family was brought in or they were specifically spotlighted. But like, you know, right. maybe like- She was out of the house. She was right. already away at school. Exactly. So it was just a handful of times per season that you would really see the t- one or the other or the two of them together or whatever once, you know, they got married yeah. and had kids or whatever. So why wouldn't, why would you even be surprised- that he, I mean, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I can see like being surprised that like you ran into him, like, oh, you know, trip out. I ran, you know, guess who I saw at the Trader Joe's, but what, not- which is what I do or what I would, because I really don't see nobody anymore, but like what I would do, like, hey, oh my God, I saw Agent Butterfield from the West Wing in Whole Foods. <laughs> like, right. You know, right. it at Chicote's, like, you know. Like mm-hmm. that, you did sneak a picture, but we didn't share but on nothing but our Facebook. You, you shared on your Facebook. Yeah. I think you tagged me. So and yeah, more like, because I was being stupid, not because I felt any kind of way about it. Right, because Chicone's a very nice restaurant, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chicone's is delicious, and I want to go back. Oh, God. So, yeah, so, like, all of that to, like, you know, like, really, girl? Really, I mean, like, girl. you should, it's, it's, like, whatever. Like, so, be yeah, be surprised that you ran into him. Be surprised that, oh, like, I can't believe I got to see whoever, but mm. not that he had to have a job. Like clearly, everybody got to everybody got everybody got to eat. You got to work. You got to eat. <laughs> like you right. Know? And Do you don't you... see him on a show right now, and it's not like he made. I'm right. you know like I'm sure he made like a little money off of the Cosby Show, but he didn't make like a lifetime's worth of money. Yeah, it's not a like my cousin said that it's not a limitless check. Like, right. like it is. Like there's only so much money in this one check right. that I can use for things and he has a family like it, like I love do you, you know Kendrick the family soul right those sing, the husband wife singers mm-hmm. okay so they got a whole bunch of kids one of their sons their eldest son is actually at Morehouse right now so, okay. so I follow them on Inst- the husband I think I love both of them I think on Instagram mm-hmm. so they're so adorable and they have like six kids and so the guy was like, uh, yo, like, and he showed his, like, um, lift thing. So he tried mm-hmm. to lift. And he was like, uh, I got to, you know, I, we stay working. Like, we have gigs, like, all the time. But in between that time, like, I got all these kids. And I got right. this mortgage and the food that needs to be on the table for all mm-hmm. these kids. So we got, I got to, I got to do what I got to do. So I was just like. Right. If you have a regular job, how do you not understand that? Like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand. I, people have just, I don't know, but it's just, yeah. And to try to shame somebody because that's because they're working, to, like, that's like the opposite. Yeah, to say you weren't trying to shame him, like that picture you took clearly, you were. Well, I mean, it's one thing to take the picture, it's another one to share it and the way that you share right. it and who you share it, it with. You know, so it's like, mm, see, I'm becoming less and less convinced that you didn't mean anything by it. Right. Um, (laughs) So, So you know, like, I can see, like, sneaking a picture of a celebrity you saw, but what you do from that point forward? Yeah. um, Yeah, I don't know, girl. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'll take a, you know, sneak picture of people, but I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I'll share it with my, like, few hundred, like, Facebook (laughs) (laughs) followers. Right. get out of here like and i hope this is a lesson to you karma let this be a lesson let this be a Mm -hmm. lesson Mm -hmm. 
mind your business. <laughs> Go to Trader Joe's. Mind your business. Leave people alone. Get your teriyaki chicken. Yes. Get your steel cut oats. Mm, get your cookie butter. Get your cookie butter and mm. get the heck out. <laughs> you can have and the thing is like <laughs> with Trader Joe's like you know, like they all are like super friendly and talk mm-hmm. to you. It's just like you feel like you have a relationship. We have pictures on vacation at a Trader Joe's. Yes. With our cashier. Yes, like that's how so they fun. roll. It's so fun. And so like they're, you know, like one of the guys with the who's always had the kerchief, the little um little man. Mm-hmm. Is he still there? Uh, yes, he is, and he's also a waiter at my favorite little French place. Shut up! And he oh, knows me now, so when I come in, he's like, hey, and I'm like, hey. He's like, the usual? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I miss him. I love him so much. He's so awesome. He was he's so, so he was cute. Like, always, he's so cute. Always so helpful, and always, like, he's like the, he's the ultimate, like, person you would think would work at a Trader Joe's he like had a community farm and was always talking about making kombucha mm-hmm. and but then like also being very helpful when I needed to pick out like a wine or something so just all over just very helpful really nice Trader guy Joe employee and yes good job so yay Trader Joe's yay, Trader karma, and go for it Jeffrey who has always already received a bunch of offers and Tyler Perry got involved. Hope he doesn't go that route, but you know, whatever. Just want you to just just want you to work. Hey, whatever. You going to make whatever, some you going to yeah. make some money off of this all this? Good. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I think like great things. Cuz again, like he is like people have been talking like Malcolm Jamal Warner, people were talking about how like you know, he's like a classically trained actor. Mm-hmm. Like his specialty is like you know Shakespeare, and he's does like a, I think a he had like a Shakespeare company at one time, mm. and so like you know they're like he's like an awesome like actor, and like yeah, a lot of his students have come forward and like you know talked about him and how he's encouraged them. So yeah, so wishing him all good things. So all good things to you, Jeffrey Owens. And- yes. Turn this um, brief kind of unexpected, unwanted attention into right. something great. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. So that was good. So um, onward we go. So wait, <laughs> tell me everything. Yes. Kind of starting on. I'm trying to figure out how I should start. Hmm. Um. No, like there's some. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I just choose not to talk about it. Like, there's some Kanye West stuff going on, Ugh. and I, I just am not gonna go there. Just forget him. Forget so him. yeah, so I'm gonna start with, you know, a bit of sad news. It's kind of weird because it's not like something you know I usually cover, but it just happened. So actor Burt Reynolds, um, hmm. after 50 years in the business, passed away today. What? You didn't hear this? No! This is the second person that I told you died that you did not know died until I said it. No! No! Burt Reynolds died? Yeah, so... um, How old is he? 82. Oh my god, I did not know he was already 82. Mm -hmm. So after... um, 
50 years in the business, over 50 years in the business. He passed away today at the age of 82 of cardiac arrest in his home in Florida. Um, He is known for his roles in Smokey and the Bandit, Mm -hmm. Cannonball Run, Deliverance, The Longest Yard, and notably uh, for Boogie Nights, for which he earned an Oscar nomination for Mm -hmm. Best Supporting Actor. And his roles over the years range from you know, the heartthrob to the mm-hmm. tough guy to in his later years, you know, more comedy roles. And it's kind of funny because, you know, he was like this iconic sex symbol, but, you know, he's way before my time. Like, you know, he was in oh, 80s yeah. when I was born, years I was in the 70s and 80s were his big <coughs> um, time. But I, you know, I love the Golden Girls. I watched the Golden Girls again, like when it was way inappropriate for us. Oh, to be yeah, watching. me too. Uh huh. But I can still remember that episode. Remember the episode where he was on um, the Golden Girls, where Blanche kept going on about, "Ooh, Mr. Burt Reynolds." <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I think about or hear Burt Reynolds, I hear Blanche's voice. Oh, that is Because they were all supposed to go to the see him, and they had they didn't have enough tickets for Sophia to go, and then they end up getting arrested, and then she went to the show. Okay. And uh, <laughs> left him in jail overnight or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. So, okay, so yeah, so so that crazy. That is hysterical. That yeah, <laughs> I did not know that you had such a spot on impersonation of Blanche Devereaux. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> I am dying. Oh, that yes. is hysterical. Oh my! I like God. hear it in my mind every time I hear his name. <laughs> So today, when that first thing I thought when he oh. died, I was like, not Mr. Burt Reynolds. Like, no. <laughs> no. Aww. So, yeah. So um, his ex-wife, Lonnie Anderson, mm-hmm. with whom he shared a son, Quentin had this to say, Quentin and I are extremely touched by the tremendous outpouring of love and support from friends and family throughout the world. Um, Bert was a wonderful director and actor. He was a big part of my life for 12 years and Quinn's life for 30. We will miss him and his great laugh. So that was Aww. nice. Uh, maybe, you know, they had a very contentious um, <laughs> divorce. divorce, right? Yeah. That was a long time yeah. ago now, though. That was a long, long time I ago. I would hope so that we're yeah. all, we've all moved forward. We're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what I found interesting, you know, in all these articles where they talk about someone's life, this is one of my favorite things where it's kind of like, it's a weird thing too, but like, I love when people talk about this. So they talked, one of the articles, you know, talked about some of the biggest roles in Hollywood history that he turned down. Hmm. So one of them was James Bond. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't see, I, that would, I, can't, I don't see him as a James Again, Bond. because we, all these movies that they always talk about you are so tied to the person who actually got the role, you can't see anybody else in it. So, like, right. James Bond, like, even though it's, like, a barrage of, like, different people playing James Bond, like, I just don't see it. Like, I'm like, Sean Connery? Mm-mm. Roger Moore, I was like, I don't see it. Okay, another one was Han Solo. Interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then one of the most I think I've heard this one before he was among Paramount Pictures top choices to play Michael Corleone in The Godfather oh yeah no yeah but every person that they wanted because there are some other people that they wanted to play I'm trying to think was it 
um, Ryan O'Neal or somebody else that I was like, Mm-mm. no. And, you know, the the uh, studio wanted to play because they wanted, like, a popular actor of the time. Sure. And Francis Ford Coppola was like, no. <laughs> right. I want, like, Francis. a, yeah. And so, yeah, so it was, you know, kind of interesting. But, you know, they it was a, a CNN interview he did where he expressed some regrets. He was like, I took the part that was the most fun. I didn't take the part that would be the most challenging. Hmm. So he was like, you know, he expressed a little bit of regret with that, but he still had a great career, went mm-hmm. on, you know, to later, you know, like I said, get that Oscar nomination, like in 1998, you mm-hmm. know, well after his kind of like golden mm-hmm. acting years and um, did some philanthropy work as well as did some teaching because he felt, you know, I, I've been in the business this long. I feel I have something, you know, that I can share with people. So um, rest in peace too. Mr. Rest in peace, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, that Andrea didn't know. You know, because you know, again, it was I was. It, it, I was not on social media or on the, actually on my computer at all today. I was so busy at work, and um, yeah. So okay, that's why I, okay, I'm sure it was on social media anyway. Yeah. So. Um... Really briefly, I'm going to talk about this because I, I told you talked about this yesterday with you because we you know, had a phone conversation because I was having a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but OK, so a lot of times I feel networks get it wrong when it comes to canceling shows like I'm still a little <laughs> mad. You already know what I want to talk about. So I still get a little mad when I think about some of the shows that get canceled, like sure. my all time like I'm still mad is a different world that they canceled it without even showing the last episode then they end up showing them all out of order and everything mad still to this day mm-hmm. um, the other was My So Called Life which okay. was amazing did you ever watch My So Called Life? Was that no like it was, it was after, after, after time? my time yeah okay so like I was very much in high school at that time and like oh my gosh Claire Danes what a revelation Jordan what a, Catalano. What a revelation. <laughs> she was like teenage angst and insecurity. And oh, again, I black girl dressed up as Claire Dane's character. Of course you did. Oh, but the kicker is I did this um, as a full grown adult. I might have been 40 or in my late 30s when I did this so yeah I remember you explaining it to me because I was like okay I don't have the frame of reference for the show so you're gonna have to tell me about oh this. my gosh yes and the thing was someone else came to the same party dressed the same way oh like, my god get out I know it was like with the 30 year old party and like and two people dressed like that character and again the introduction of Jordan Catalano and the fact that you didn't really know like the whole Jordan Catalano thing I was like oh my god <laughs> gorgeous I was like you know he was like heartthrob like inaccessible like emotionally unavailable cute cool just the you know that guy that everyone's like attracted to but totally there's no real reason you know that's mm-hmm. not a person you would you know have a relationship with <laughs> in high school so that's what you do that's what you like because okay. you're dumb so yeah anyway so like again those are the shows <laughs> Because you're that dumb. I miss. Yeah, because you're dumb. You're young and dumb. Mm-hmm. And like the recently Pitch, which was a great show. So 
that they canceled that after one season. I'm still mad. That was like two years ago, I think, at this point. And I was like, it was such a good show. Mark Paul Gosler was on it. Oh, my God. It was good. And they just canceled it. And I was like, okay, really? You suck. So, again, sometimes they get it wrong. And then there are times when they get it right. Like, recently, I was looking at a list of canceled shows, and I saw that the show Designated Survivor was canceled. <laughs> and I was like, well, thank God. You know, because <laughs> I was having a, a rough day yesterday, and, like, you know, real-life things went wrong, and I logged on to Facebook when I got home. Mm-hmm. And I saw another article that said that Netflix, of all things, decided to save Designated Survivor. <laughs> I was mad. I was like, why would you do this, Netflix? Netflix of shows that I enjoy. Why? Why would you do this? Why? It was canceled. The network finally got something right. It was a stupid show. It was a stupid <laughs> premise. It was the worst premise in the world. I could, that's what I was like. I can't enjoy the show because I can't get beyond the premise. Yeah, you have How? to give the people the background of why you struggle with this premise because I think that's okay. important to this, the context of your outrage. Okay, so Kiefer Sutherland, who's the head of this show, is um, a member of the cabinet. And so the president was giving the State of the Union, and at the State of the Union, you know, the president's there, the vice president, pretty much everyone in government is there. However, there's always one member, usually of the cabinet, who is not in attendance at this um, meeting where, you know, State of the Union, where everybody's there, because what if one of our enemies attacks, and then all of our um, government officials would be at this one place. It's kind of like, you know how some people are like really paranoid and like the husband and wife and the, they don't right. all travel at the same right, time. Right, right, right. Like it's that, you know, it's kind of that premise. And so you always have a designated survivor. So that's a member of the cabinet or, you know, who's taken to some secret location. So in the event that everyone gets killed, we could restart our government with this person being in charge. Uh-huh. Okay. So this Kiefer Sutherland, I think he's like the secretary of agriculture. Something where you're like, and usually it's a lower level, like uh-huh. cabinet member, because you know you need the Secretary of State or the right. Secretary, depending on what you're talking about. You know, if you're talking, you know, this if the you know, president's going to talk about housing or whatever, you're going to have like the HUD director. You know, like you're going to have that person there. No one really is usually, you know, agriculture is usually not a big topic, so it's always some usually lower level person who you know doesn't need to be in the audience. No one cares, whatever. No, but person that no one knows their name. Like, do you know who the Secretary of Agriculture is right now? I'm really into politics, and I promise you, I can't tell you. Poor Secretary of Agriculture. Whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, so he's um, tapped to be the designated survivor. So, this is where they lost me. So, they go to him, tell him he's going to be the designated survivor, and he was like, What's that? Holy hell, I lost it. <laughs> was like how have you gotten a position in the government how have you been in the government for a while and you don't know what a designated survivor is I don't accept the premise like that's ridiculous and I understand that you know when you're you know creating a show 
the general public may not know what a designated survivor is. So you have to explain to them, you know, certain things. Like, different shows do this all the time. My all-time fave, The West Wing. Mm -hmm. They will always have, you know, like some concept or something introduced, and they're aware that the general public may not know. Usually they'll ask, there's one character in particular, Donna, who would always be the person, well, what's that? And so the other character who's in a higher position will usually explain this uh-huh. thing to this lower level person. You do not have the Secretary of State asking some random aide what a designated survivor is. So I was like, okay. Again, I'm way too upset about this. I understand. You was <laughs> It's the same level for what I'm right. <laughs> you, have, you have been this upset about this. This is the first time you told me this story, which is when the show started. I think like, about season oh, three or yeah, something. Like over <laughs> a year ago. <laughs> you are as indignant now as you were then. <laughs> and I was just like, this is stupid. <sighs> stupid. Oh, it's so, hysterical. I hate it. It's the worst. Especially someone who watches good political shows. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, high caliber political shows. Yes, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> West Wing caliber shows, you know, the pinnacle of political shows. Whether you agree with the politics or not, you know, I think we'd be a lot better off if Jan Bartlett was president right now. Even though when you think about Jan Bartlett, I'm like, he didn't really accomplish very much as president on the West Wing, but that's neither here nor there. Martin Sheen gives a good speech, or Aaron Sorkin through Martin Sheen. Gives through a the good vehicle speech. of Martin Sheen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gives a good speech. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, um, again, Netflix, unlike Nike, bad move. <laughs> it's a horrible show. I don't like it. And in the words of Whitley's mom, to bring back um, a different world, die, just die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do they have to die? Yes, get rid of it. Get out of here. Oh, my Dude. goodness. So all I have to say is poor Sonny Perdue. All he ever wanted to do was grow up to be the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture. And you don't even know his name. Because he's a Georgia politician. I love his name. Oh my God. I want to say he's related to the Purdue family, but I don't know if that's true. The chicken people. But he is a he's a he's a Georgia politician. He was a politician in Georgia when I went to school like 20 years ago. So I I do know who that is. Okay. Okay, Sonny Purdue. Hmm. All right. Good luck. I hope you don't have to be the designated survivor. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? I think for the first time in a very long time, I think that's an actual concern. So if we have to start government anew with the Secretary of Agriculture, as opposed to other years where we're like, okay, nothing's going to happen. Like, I don't know. I, I, again, okay, I'm going on. Last thing, really quickly. It's really like, quick. Yeah, really quick. Hurry it up. So what I was going to talk about last week was the Aretha Franklin funeral uh, mm-hmm. or the concert that it turned to be or the like, I, you know, I was in my car all day, so I did not watch the funeral and I don't know 
people actually did. So it was like, I started watching it. I had to go run some errands, do this, do that. I came back. It was still on like two hours later after it was supposed to be off. Apparently it was like the longest funeral ever. They're like, it was seven hours. That, I mean, that is just, and it, it was not like there was, there was a clear point at which that it just turned into like, I mean, it was a concert. Like it was not. Yeah. But even the original time frame was like set at about five hours. Which is it's bananas. Still, I'm yeah, like, like that's not a funeral. An hour? <laughs> hour and a half no more than two no more than two like, and i've not- i've sat through the ones that are close to two and you're ready to just pluck your eyebrows out yeah, so. that's, you know you're like putting the family through it's torturous and it's just not cool and so <clears throat> i felt like i knew what was going on because of all the commentary from you know facebook and social media and people i know and the think pieces and all the memes and stuff about the service. Like, one that was, I was like, you know what? It's funny. I have to laugh. They were like, um, I think it, they posted it today or some day earlier this week. They're like, Lauren Hill just arrived at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Yeah, so, I saw that. That's funny. Yeah. So, of course, you know, all the good things. Cicely Tyson's hat. Okay. Did you see that hat? I, I did not. Oh, my God. It was glorious. <laughs> It was absolutely glorious. And I, I've been trying to find out who designed the hat. It might have been just like a Ebony Fashion Fair, you know, one of those little wow. black lady hat magazines. Wow. It was glor- It was first lady hat to the, you know, on the anniversary service hat. Wow. Like it was, it was, it was ex- exquisite. It was beautiful. And then you had, you know, Shaka Khan. Oh, I see sister, it. Shirley Caesar. Fantasia, Jennifer Hudson, you know, a lot of, you know, great moments. Um, they said Michael, um, oh God, I know this man's name. Michael Dyson did a good job. And, you know, several people who knew her did a good job. However, there were some not so great moments. Um, tasteless race, racist jokes, some, a groping <laughs> incident in the pool pit. I know. That was awkward. Yes. And eulogies. Um, kind of rife with respectability politics that people were not so happy about and I just wanted to highlight one of the statements by um, her nephew who was speaking on behalf of the family and I wanted to get your kind of input on this too so okay I don't know about this okay so so the nephew uh, spoke on behalf of the family saying that she was not properly eulogized Um, I believe the pastor is jasper williams who's from atlanta i don't know his church um but he's from atlanta and you know he went on about you know like the respectability politics like you know the problem with the black community is there are no fathers in the homes and you have women's you know raising men and they can't do that mm-hmm. and you know as you're speaking at a funeral of a woman who was a single mother of four mm-hmm. um and um you know black lives don't matter oh you know talking about black on black crime till it matters to black people so all of those standard like respectability politics where okay fine so let me just read his statement so and then we talk about it 
I want to speak on behalf of the Franklin family as it relates to the comments that Reverend Jasper Williams made on Friday during my aunt's celebration of life service on Friday, August 31st. We found the comments to be offensive and distasteful. Hmm. Reverend Jasper Williams spent more than 50 minutes speaking and at no time did he properly eulogize her. My aunt did not ask Reverend Jasper Williams to eulogize her before she passed away, which he claimed she did, um, because dying is a topic that she never discussed with anyone. Uh Our family asked Reverend Jasper Williams Jr. to perform the eulogy because he eulogized our grandfather, my aunt, and my uncle. Uh However, there were several people that my aunt admired that would have been outstanding individuals to deliver her eulogy. Dr. William Barber, Reverend Al Sharpton, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, Reverend James Holly, and Pastor E.L. Branch. Mm-hmm. We feel that Reverend Jasper Williams Jr. used his pl- this platform to push his negative agenda, which as a family, we do not agree with. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. I mean, it does sound, but here's, okay, so for me, the issue I agree with the sentiment of the nephew's statement in that the definition, like if you break down the origin of the word eulogy, it's to speak well of. Mm -hmm. And so if you are going to eulogize someone, it is an effort to, you know, to speak well of them, to, you know, to, you you know it's it's why you know like you um you're basically highlighting you know the and uh, the 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 good things about their character their life their achievements and all of that and that's what a eulogy is so where yeah like there so there really isn't room for like a whole lot of like you know additional commentary on like Mm -hmm. the state of the world or the black community or anything because that's just not that's not what a eulogy is um but i I do know like a part of that is you know just being growing up in a baptist church um that the pastor usually you know kind of use it it uses the eulogy as a way to bring others to the faith or to remind them of their faith and salvation and all that kind of stuff. Like that's a part of the eulogy too, but that doesn't seem. That still doesn't speak that's to what, not he, what said. he did. That's no. not what he did. And there's no. a way to, there's a way to do that. There's a way to like, you know, so the like opening the, the uh, doors of the church to the body or whatever, you right. know, to, to the unsaved. Um, mm-hmm. There's a way to do that. And using the person's life as an example, you know, especially if, uh, again, the assumption is you have you are having a Christian service mm-hmm. for a Christian who's deceased, right? And you're eulogizing them, highlighting you know their life and their achievements or whatever. And there's a way for a minister to take all that and wrap it into mm-hmm. you know how their how that per- how the deceased person's faith and how their you know um, you know led you know you know was you know connected with you know 
um, their achievements and connected with, you know, the way that they, you know, the things that they valued and how, you know, these are principles that we should all live by, you know, like there's a way right. to kind of make that Makes jump, sense you know, yeah. and like tie it into what you're saying, but none of that connects with and you know and certainly should not contradict the person's own life so while I might agree that yes yes like I agree there is that the role of men in the lives of young boys is important and that that is something that is in the lives of young women too I'm like yeah yeah, yeah, fathers fathers are women but you know like yeah Yeah, like uh, clearly like you know but like you know that fathers in the home are important and that that is something that we see less and less of and that and the black community this is a an issue that plagues us and yes true but not relevant in this setting like (laughs) so um thank you but no thank you you know so it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not an appropriate use of that space. Um, and it, uh, you know, I think that, that it's just not, yeah, it's, it's not okay. No. Okay. And he didn't really apologize. It's kind of like, you know, I'm sorry. They kind of like, I'm sorry. They feel this way. And that's what God gave me to talk about. I'm oh, like, yeah. Don't use that. I, and then I'm mm. like, okay, I, I, I struggle with this because mm-hmm. I was like one, you know, you know, don't, it, you know, I try to be careful when I c- try to talk, talk, oh, uh, criticize, you know, a minister, a pastor, or whatever, their teachings. But I'm like, uh, God is all about doing things in order mm-hmm. and like things that are, you know, right and appropriate and do like, that's you. That's you. That's mm-hmm. all you. Yeah. Um, don't bring God. Don't, you know, don't bring. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's always, that's always, I mean, and people, both uh, preachers and uh, Christians as a whole, I think we have a bad habit of being like, well, that's, you know, that I I felt led by the spirit to, and then fill in the blank. And that for me, I mean, the spirit of something, right? Well, and also, (laughs) (laughs) well, and it just leaves you nowhere to go. Cause I was like, okay, well, if you're telling me that, you know, that that's what you've heard, like, you know, that you're feeling led by God to fill in the blank, whatever that is, date this person, marry this guy, leave your wife, whatever, like, you know, that's what, you know, like, one, like, okay, even though it's contradictory to everything that I've ever heard from God, or everything that I've ever read in scripture, you're going to now do, you know, like, you're saying, it, it leaves me nowhere to go, because you're saying, like, I've received some sort of special revelation, well, okay, well, then, that's all I that we there's not there's not much for us to talk about now, um, right. so um, so yeah so that's just a, a bad 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 form sir bad form mm-hmm. bad yeah form. I was like and as someone who's had to sit through you know my parents' service and not everything being quite what I mm-hmm. would have wanted or would have been. Um, like I said, like in my mom's funeral, I was like, if my mother was alive and witnessed that, she would have been like, you know better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I was like, I totally understand like the family's point of view and like you're emotional and like his, um, her daughter-in-law even said that, you know, the memes going around of her in the casket with her shoes, like her 12-year-old saw that and, you know, was crying and upset. Because, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like joking about like, you know, 
she's grieving like this is her grandmother Uh and like people are making jokes and all that kind of stuff and you know trying to explain that and she's like it was just it was a whole lot and I was like I'm sorry I would have got up and left after hour two because there's no way that you're making me sit through a concert well that's the thing like I just felt yeah like it just seemed to me it it just I don't know it it just felt like there should have really been two very separate events, you know, and there yes. should have been a private, un, you know, untelevised, unfilmed, you know, uh, family, personal family, family, and like a memorial, like family, close personal friends, and then if there wanted to, yeah, exactly, there, and this, all that other stuff was basically a memorial memorial slash tribute concert and Mm -hmm. that's fine too but then just let that Mm -hmm. be that Mm -hmm. and you know like but the fact that the two were somehow like weirdly thrown together and combined it just nothing that none of it sat right with me Mm -mm. Uh, it was very problematic and it just yeah it just led for a lot of it it left room for just a lot of misunderstanding and hurt feelings and Mm -hmm. it's it's just bad yeah yeah so unfortunate very oh gosh okay so that's that girl no it's a whole lot and uh, there's still like a whole lot of stuff going on there really is we have we've only covered we're trying to cover everything but we have we still we could not do it yeah and we've been talking for Um, well over an hour well over well over an hour Mm -hmm. um so go ahead with your i will let's get personal yes and and of course rest in peace aretha franklin yes of course of course um my let's get personal is i am like super sad today i've actually been super sad since last week leading up to today because um there's two really good friends of mine who are are also colleagues and co-laborers of mine who are uh, leaving our department to move on to new chapters in their life so i'm excited for them in that they're Mm -hmm. they're both doing great things and they're both both of them are moving um one it's um her and her husband are like basically kind of semi-retiring and going to um um tennessee where they bought a home where they're gonna settle and that's just gonna be like with their retirement home and you know like they're just moving into that phase of life and then another one is um my friend um, and her husband and their two little kids who are moving back to Minnesota. We go back to the Midwest again um, <laughs> and, um, and buying their first home. And she's, she's um, got a great job offer there um, at the Mayo Clinic. And so it's great things. And I'm super excited for both of them, but it's a huge loss um, for me personally, just two friends that I really like care for and enjoy um, seeing every day and working alongside and it's a loss for our department um and for our hospital like i feel like we're all a little bit uh worse off um, with them leaving um and even though we've made very good hires and i feel good about the people that we have coming in um you know it's still just a loss when you have somebody uh, or and then and it's both of their last days are tomorrow like each of them um their last day in the office will be tomorrow and today was my last day with both of them because i don't work tomorrow i uh, today this week was a week where i work sunday through thursday um so today was my last day with them and we had um 
a time of gathering as a department to say goodbye to them, like a formal, you know, kind of ceremony to say goodbye and, um, and to reflect on their impact um, on each of us individually and on the department as a whole and the hospital as a whole. Um, so it was all good. And I feel like we did right by them and all of that. But you know, just, you know, it's bittersweet. It's, you know, I'm excited for them, happy for them. I'm proud of them and that they're, you know, kind of stepping out on faith and doing this great thing, um, these great things. Um, and then, you know, I'm sad, I'm sad for us and, um, sad to see them go and sad to say goodbye. So that's kind of the space that I'm in, but, um, in terms of that, and like, like I said, and today was just a hard, hard day at work. Like it was, there was this, part of it that I just mentioned and <laughs> like we I had a really hard um, pediatric case that came in and so I'm just like emotionally like spent um, but um, so that's that and then uh, and I am looking forward to this weekend so I have a, a three-day weekend which is always great when um, that happens so I have Friday through Sunday off and um, on Saturday um, I have some of my work friends and some of like a couple of my world, my worlds are colliding and I'm excited about that <laughs> um, because I have, um, so for my, for the, for my certifying body, um, you have to do a five year, uh, every five years you have to do a peer review meeting. So I'm hosting the peer review meeting at my house. And um, so I have like some of my friends from my department and a f uh, one of my uh, friends from church and another friend um, from my previous um, employment at Long Beach Memorial, um, all coming over. And we're going to talk about my like growth and, you know, like areas of strength, areas for growth, all that sort of thing. So it'll be a nice like day of reflection, but also be a nice day to just kind of have you know, host friends at the house. So that'll be nice. Awesome. Yeah. And by this time next week, I will have been at the forum to see the Eagles. So that's happening this coming Wednesday. So a week from yesterday. So I'm super awesome. excited. Yeah. So that's coming up. My sister is coming down and it's going to be um, terrific. So we're super excited about that. So lots of Yay! things, you know, so bittersweet, bittersweet, lots of, you know, sad, but things to look forward to. And... Yeah, a, a positive thing at the end. So yay. Yay, a little like pop of excitement. So yeah, that's what's going on yeah. with me. How okay, about awesome. you? Okay, like the last podcast, I talked about going to see a movie written and produced and whatever by, directed oh, that's by right. the fellas at behind um no why can't i think of the name of their pot their podcast back of the theater podcast thank you mm -hmm. i'm in like and hans and um we went to go see that um hans had a last minute gig so he was not there much to our chagrin mm -hmm. and um <clears throat> saw the movie and it was great very different very intellectual and um, thought-provoking expect nothing less from those guys and so um, if it's you know in a theater near you I highly recommend you go see it it's called One Angry Black Man okay good stuff so it's kind of hitting the festival circuit and whatnot so it'll be around great I think it's in New York playing in New York this weekend so it's been in Philadelphia Atlanta, New York, so I'm sure it's it'll be at some LA thing um festival soon. Maybe 
I guess maybe Pan African. I wonder if they're they're doing that. So I'll ask them about that. But yeah, and so hopefully you know we can get them on here or get on their podcast at some point. I know they're busy right now, but um, yeah. So that's something exciting. Um, cool. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, work has just been um, a whole lot um, challenging. Just, challenging this past you know year um Mm -hmm. I completed my first year as you know an agent and having my own business yeah and Mm -hmm. um just kind of spent this past couple of weeks being very busy which is a good thing like I said not complaining but also Mm -hmm. reevaluating um my goals and kind of re-energizing and putting Mm -hmm. some things in place to kind of expand my business over the next year and um just kind of put yeah like I said just put things in place and I'm just really excited about the opportunities that have been presented in the last couple of weeks um the last month really and just um yeah this business is hard and Mm -hmm. I expected it to be much easier than it is excuse me because I'm you know naive and about certain things and um just because like and I told like I you know have a a coach now and I talked to her about it I was like yeah like I feel like I've never really failed at a lot of things before Hmm. like if I decided you know I've decided to stop doing things and I didn't consider those you know failures because like I just decided I didn't want to do this this is something like I really want to do and I'm not you know like failing but I'm not for people who are overachievers or used to like doing certain things, like I'm not doing things at the level I expect to be at. Mm. And so it's kind of like, this is weird. Um, But yeah, but like things are moving along. It's just, you know, like as a person who's been like a nine to fiver, you know, since I was 21, (laughs) you know, this is just like a really big adjustment and, you know, just kind of a growth opportunity, like, you know, opportunities where like, I just, you know, had to cancel a contract today, you know, for, you know, just, it's not going to happen. And this is something I've been working on since the end of Mm. July. And I've been working on this every day and doing stuff and I'm just not going to get paid. Mm. So, (laughs) yeah, I just, you know, that's just the nature of of this business. And so just kind of, you know, making sure like, you know, things are tied and, you know, just kind of progressing my business like you know setting goals for the fourth quarter and then just setting myself up for the first quarter next year so that's kind of like why I've been like trying to be very very disciplined because you know you know working in you know nine to five like I was at work at 7 30 and now like I'm like okay I'm usually at the office at nine but I'm there much longer and I'm usually working even when I get home so it's like a totally different thing so it's like I'm not not gonna be at the office at 7 30 because first of all nobody else is at the office at 7.30. Everyone opens at 9. Like most offices. You know, mortgage and all that kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> you know, and if I'm dealing with people and others, you know, on the West Coast or whatever, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So, yeah. So, just, you know, being more disciplined um, and just kind of taking things to the next level. So, I'm excited about that. I'm okay. ready to get going. Um, this weekend, I... It's been back and forth. I will be keeping the God Girl, so I'll be traveling down there to see them. Like it's like that's I'm I'm doing that all the time. Um, But their parents are again going out of town, 
and <laughs> are not taking them. Right. And so I um, was like, sure. Um, so I'm going to be keeping them and I'm going to try to relax and take it easy um, yeah. with them, which is going to be interesting because they always want to go and do something and have girls day and the little ones like I'm bored uh-huh. I want to do something um, so but one of the things I am going to do again I don't have to be I've asked Bestie to tape the Bobby Brown movie for me oh, there so you go. I will be enjoying that while I'm there cannot wait so excited those kitties <laughs> go to bed it's going to be me and Bobby Brown it's going to be on movie. it's going to be on my prerogative <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to tell you is I was driving. Um, gosh, where are we going? I don't know where. I took pumpkin with me to the store while I was there. Um, because I was just there Labor Day weekend, and she was um talking about the podcast, and she was like, "Um, so can I be on the podcast?" Oh, that's and funny. I was like, I guess so. But I was like, we're gonna have to run that by mom, so. Um, I'm thinking possibly after she finishes book one, I think it might be interesting to have a little thing where we talk about the book with her. Oh, that would be cute. Yeah, so maybe her and I know her mom will be very excited about finally there'll be a reason for her to come on too. So we just do a little segment. Once she finishes book one, I'll run it past them this weekend and see what they they think. So I think it'll be, you know, cute to do that. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we should talk about that. Okay, I like it. All right. Mm-hmm. And that just came to me because I was trying to figure out what she would talk about. I was uh-huh. like, I don't. I was like, middle school, nobody wants to relive that. No. Um, <laughs> so and I was like, yeah, she is reading the book. So I, she might be close to being done by now. <laughs> it's been a week. That's hysterical. <laughs> she was like, every time I turned around, she was reading. So she was into it. So I was like, where are you now? He's gone to Diagon Alley to get his stuff for school. <laughs> I was like, yay! So cute. I was like, do you like it? Yes. <laughs> like, awesome. All right. So I really like that idea. I think it'd be fun to talk about Harry Potter with someone who's brand new to it after they've gone through the first book. I know. I think it'll be fun. So, yeah, I'm going to talk to her and mommy about it this tomorrow so yay that'll that'll be cute yeah we'll have a young guest on a young guest (laughs) the youth the youth of america the youth (laughs) the 12 year old oh my god oh my god teenager but she's not technically a teenager but she's acting like one so oh she's firmly a preteen though oh my gosh preteen yes she is Mm. Mm Oh, yeah, y'all, they can have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you hear that? The colonel just sneezed so loud. Okay, I thought that was you. No. I was like, <laughs> Ooh, It wasn't. He was like behind, he's standing behind in the chair that I'm sitting in. And he just like, was like, Arf. Yes, I heard that. I was like, gosh. I was like, oh, did the mic pick that up? Yes, I picked it up. (laughs) Doggy. Bless you, doggy. Bless you, doggy. (laughs) All right, girl. All right. Ooh, yawn. Ooh, I know. It's late. Uh Uh-huh. All righty. Bye.
All right, next week, same time, same that channel. Well, we'll try to be before this time. So, <laughs> well, yeah, not same that channel, not this late. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wait Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find all available listening platforms at anchor.fm forward slash wait tell me everything. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out and get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at wait tell me pod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at wait tell me everything at gmail.com.